Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 85 on this Thursday, November 11th, 2021. And Frank, how are you doing today? Good. It's been a good day. Unfortunately, the Knicks lost last night, but... Yeah, let, let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, we get down, what, like 20 points in the fourth quarter? Um, yeah. I turn on the game, like, I'm, whatever, I'm making tea because I'm still kind of sick. And we, we kind of rally back, like, quickly. Rose off the bench. Rose was just, like, looking like Curry for a second. Um, and then, you know, and then like Pat Connaughton happened. Pat Connaughton. Yeah, I know. It seems like, and same thing with Ricky Rubio on Sunday, every single player, some random player just decides to make every single three point shot possible against us on random nights. Same thing with Miles Turner a few weeks back into Pacers. That was on the road though. So yeah, I know, but it, it's still, it's unbelievable. These guys just. Jalen Brown, I guess, but we won that game at least. Crazy. And the, the next bench is better than the starters. I don't understand. I know we had. I think Randall Barrett, like all the starters didn't play in the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure. Like it was all Rose, Toppin, Burks, Quickly. And by yeah, the way, quick, Kemba, man. Quickly is not. We might need to make a topic about Kemba. That should have been something we talked about today. Because Kemba, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's he not cutting off hot, though. He started off hot through the first few games, knocking out three point shots. He did start off hot from three, but then. He, he's not even looking like he's worth $8 million right now. And I, I know that contract isn't too bad, at least. But um, I, I think they should start giving Miles McBride or Quentin Grimes more run off the bench because Miles McBride's a good defender. And Tibbs loves Quentin good. Quentin Grimes defense. is hints and threes, too. Yeah, so exactly. Like, listen, Kemba's a veteran at this point in his career anyways. We're not paying him much. Like, just play whoever's playing better. Give quickly more minutes if he needs. Yeah, maybe should have got Lonzo. But, I mean – it's besides the point. I, I guess um, California, so we couldn't pay everybody. Yeah, no, I get you. No, I'm saying instead of uh, paying Kemba, but I mean Lonzo would have asked for a little more on the dollar, so he would ask for like 20 mil. So it's whatever. Um, as you could tell, no graph on today's episode. Um, he's out. We honestly really don't know why he's out, but uh, he couldn't make it. So uh, we'll, we'll see graph on Monday. But uh, anyways, moving on to what we'll talk about in today's episode. We'll talk about Cam Newton being back with the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk what is the best fit for OBJ. Um, is it the Saints, the Packers, the Patriots, or is it another team? And moving on to the NBA portion of the episode, we'll talk about the Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris brawl. Um, the Jokic brothers getting involved. Marcus, um, Markeith's brother, um, getting involved on the Twitter beef. We'll talk about the Warriors and are they the team to beat Right now in the NBA, John Morant's all-star leap, and we'll talk some Grizzlies expectations. Um, so without further ado, let's dive on in, and we begin today's episode with Cam Newton being back with the Carolina Panthers. He signed a one-year, $10 million deal with $4.5 million in guarantees and a $1.5 million signing bonus. Um, so Rap Sheet said all that on the Pat McAfee show. And he also said that Cam Newton will be the starter next week and for the rest of the season. But he did not clarify if that will be versus the Arizona Cardinals. We believe it will be P.J. Walker for Sunday because, I mean, he got signed on Thursday morning, I believe. Uh, Thursday yeah, no, 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 no. He's not going to play versus the Cardinals, we, we assume. Um, I think Carolina's already had their bye week. So um, next week, I think they play week 11. Not sure who they play, but he'll be there. Um, as a starter. He's 32 years old right now. Cam, remember, is now fully vaccinated after, you know, not being vaccinated with the Patriots um, back in his time with them in August. So, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of a roller coaster ride for Cam, um, you know, I guess through the, you know, the last year, 2020, after being released by the Panthers, then kind of, you know, coming in with the Patriots um, a little late, but then like, not really learning the playbook, getting covid um, just kind of all the setbacks um, last year. Patriots disappoint seven and nine. They missed the playoffs. Um, then, you know, comes in this year, they draft Mac Jones, kind of his, you know, replacement. He still has to be the starter, but in, in the back of everyone's head, they, they kind of know he's not going to be there long term. So Mac Jones, you know, kind of just takes the job right away um, in the preseason, wins it over week one. He's cut even before week one. And um, now he's back in the NFL with the Panthers. So real quick, um, 
I'm going to say this, I guess, before I'll pass it along to you, is that I think, you know, I think he's going to help them big time, Cam. Like, I really do believe that this Panthers team has, has a shot at least to make the playoffs. If you look at the NFC, we've, we've talked about this on the podcast, who is really in the NFC that's going to threaten for that seven seed? We talked about Atlanta. Carolina already beat Atlanta once. They had the tiebreaker over them. Their next meeting is in Carolina. We talked about the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson's coming back, so that is a that is actually kind of be a tough one. San Francisco, no chance. I mean, Jimmy G, I don't know. He's been kind of banged up, and, and they're not really looking too good. Um, the Giants are in the mix. The Eagles are in the mix. There's a bunch of teams in the mix. But outside of, like, the, the, the Seahawks, I, I really don't think there's another team uh, that, that's going to give the Panthers a real run for their money for the seventh seed. Um, maybe the Saints still, too, but Trevor Simeon's their quarterback. I, I think Cam's miles ahead of better than Simeon. So, yeah, I think they can make the playoffs with Stephon Gilmore there. I don't know. I should, maybe that's just me, but what are your thoughts? I mean, looking at the schedule right now, so we got, you know, Arizona. He's not playing this week. I, I could see them obviously dropping that game, regardless yeah. of who plays at quarterback for Arizona. And then you got a couple easy ones and a couple winnable ones. You got Washington, Miami, and then you play oh, Atlanta. Those three but, wins. But, but listen to these last four, and this is where you need to really, really be hitting your stride. And you probably can't have more than seven or eight losses. Bills, Bucks, Panthers. No, Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. Wow. So good, so good luck making the playoffs when no, you're ready. When you're you ready can have nine losses, though, with this NFC, with this seven seed. No. no, because look at Atlanta, for example, and who's ahead of them right now. And um, Atlanta's a half game ahead, though. Man, I don't know. This is going to be tough, man. Maybe you can. I think the Saints have the six seed locked up in my eyes. I, th- I think they'll certainly be there. Um, but possibly. But listen, I don't – I think Cam is better than Sam Darnold, right? So he was, be- he was better than what they have already. Um, and you know what? To be honest with you, he looked decent in the preseason for the Patriots, right? And I think if he didn't have COVID for those five days, maybe the job was his. You know, those five days, you know, Bill Belichick said they were huge. That's when they were having joint practices with the Giants. And they said Mac looked really good against first-team defense. So that was big. If Cam was there, maybe that's his job. And But you know what? What's kind of crazy is that he's coming back. We we said this. How many times have you said this this year? There's no – we've never really seen a team sign a quarterback mid-year and put him in, and it finally happened. And we stopped talking about Cam Newton for a few weeks because we thought it would never happen. We gave a few uh, destinations up in the air with the Saints. I think the last one was. But now he's signed. And listen – to me, predicting the rest of the way, how many games do you think they win out of these, though, right? So Arizona, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm chalking that up as a loss. Yeah, no, me too. Washington, Miami, we'll, we can give them those two. Give wins, come on. Be, be, so, so, okay, so they're at six and six. Then you got Atlanta. I'll give them that one, too. I'll, I'm going to give them that. I'll be generous. That's seven wins. Then Buffalo, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. I'm, I'm don't, saying don't that's four. Many. Just give them I'm saying that's four losses. So then you're at seven wins. You think they can make the seven seven seed at seven and nine? Well, look, I mean, who who did you say before has the six seed locked up? I think the Saints have the six seed locked up. Okay, first. so you think the Saints have the six seed locked? I up. I think we have those distinct five at the top, obviously. And then Although I, think- I will say Carolina beat New Orleans, so they have the tiebreaker as of right now. But like Minnesota, then I forgot Minnesota when I was talking about the teams threatening for that. Yeah, but man, they they can't seem to buy a win. Minnesota, well, I feel like Minnesota. Minnesota is going to be a team that's going to threaten for that spot, though. Minnesota has the they, – they just had Baltimore. Then they have the Chargers, and I, be, I believe – yeah, so they just had Baltimore. Then they have the Chargers. Packers after that. Yeah, so so good luck. Like, listen, Minnesota's got to win one of these football games, man. You, you like, I don't know. And they only have three wins as well. And Carolina's got four. But I don't know. So you said that nine wins is, you know, going to – not going to get you the seven seed. I think like eight wins might. This maybe. seven is going to be bad. It's going to maybe look at the Bears last year. They were eight and eight, and then you made the seven seed. I think eight and nine could really pass. I think Seattle has the best chance, other than Carolina, at this particular moment. Well, yeah, because Russell Wilson's coming back, obviously, and, and they already had their bye week, so they kind of got it at a good time because Russell only missed three actual games. Man, it's tough though. I I definitely see New Orleans as a six. That's my thought, but. Carolina's got a shot, man. You got four wins already. So, and you know what? 
Cam is going to cover up some of the offensive line problems that they have there, obviously, because Their of his rushing ability. Yeah. And I think, honestly, before the season started, is he not just as good or better than Sam Darnold? Like, Sam Darnold's atrocious. No, Sam Darnold's – look, Sam Darnold's a bottom three – he's probably not even a top 32 quarterback. No, not even close, actually. Yeah, so I think it's an upgrade. It'll see – a massive upgrade. I'm sure how I don't know I don't know if I'd say massive though. Come on, Cam Newton. I think not it good. is Cam Newton at least wouldn't turn the ball over 40 times, and he'll give you a chance with his legs, like you said. Like he'll give you a chance, and you know he'll play it. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. He, it's in a it's in a place where he's familiar with, and like I don't know how familiar he is with the playbook and Matt Rule. I don't think and Joe, Joe Brady is yeah. It'll him. it'll be quickly to see. Because I think they're going to go back to a lot of what they were doing with Cam there uh, before he was released. With like Joe Brady. Yeah, yes, because you have to think about it. When Tom went to New England, he introduced, he brought what he had, a lot of what he had to their playbook. He brought actually, like he brought you some of his. Tampa. When, yeah, Tampa. Sorry. When when Matt Stafford went to the Rams, he brought stuff that he had. When Peyton Manning went to the Broncos, he brought stuff he had. They always bring stuff, and, and it'll make it easier. But Cam's going to have to be a quick study, right? Um. A lot of terminology, like quickly, and I guess we'll see. But Joe Brady is a great offensive coordinator, so I, I actually like that. I and I think he's he can untap oh, some. Yes, and I I honestly think that could be brought into question because what, he was supposed to be the savior of Darnold. But uh, I mean, listen, quite the opposite, he, he, can't, not the opposite. he can't go out there and play quarterback. So you know what though? That's the thing. People were bashing Adam Gase for like how bad Sam Darnold was, but like, did he really do that bad of a job in retrospect? If you look at the job Joe Brady did versus him, because his stats in Carolina, Sam Darnold are worse than in New York. Like, I think his yeah, with, PPR is with, like the same. With, with better weapons too. Right? The same, like, <laughs> with so better I think you really have to kind of question how good, either how good Joe Brady is, or just if Sam Darnold is just that bad, but like, yes. just like, you can't fix it. He yeah. is that bad. It, like Tony Romo talked about Sam and he said like kind of like sloppy feet. Like he would always have sloppy feet and he, he'd like try to do too much sometimes. And like you could get away with that if you're making these spectacular plays. But with Sam, what, do you, what, is, what spectacular are you doing? He's a turnover machine. He makes way too many mistakes consistently. Even last week, all the interceptions that he threw, he's throwing the ball into double, triple coverage, throwing the ball on the run across his body. Like what are you doing? Like it's it, just – it's weird too because like Sam in his rookie year, I think you could probably speak to this way more than I can, but like he was more of a willing risk taker, at least when you look at the stats, because I mean, he threw for 19 touchdowns his second year, like 17 his first year. Like now he's thrown for seven and like nine last season. It just feels like he's in like passing yards, same thing. Like he threw for way more passing yards than he is now. It just feels like he's not even like, you know, at least, if he's going to at least make mistakes, at least, you know, do some things that are positive too. You're not getting you're not getting some of the highs that you would get with like all the highs like with all these lows. Like you would think like with a mistake at court, like someone that makes mistakes at quarterback, you get a lot of highs and then a lot of lows. But he, you're not he, getting any of those highs from him right now. Not a risk taker, but he also just throws a lot of bad passes. Like it's just like what is he even? He's just horrible. Know. That's the end. That's the end of the retrospect. Then I think so. You think they have a shot at the seven seed though with with Cam? I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe, let me take that kind of back. I don't think they will, but I think they have a shot because I think Vikings and Seahawks and Saints, those three teams for those two spots would all be probably above New Orleans or Carolina and my like power rankings above them. But I think the Saints fall off, honestly, though. I don't think Trevor Sim- – I think what we saw from Trevor Simeon's all I need to see last week. They lost to the Falcons. I think Atlanta – I think Atlanta's – I don't really trust them. Minnesota, though, and Seattle, I think actually get those two spots, I would say. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's move on now. Let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. So he has not signed as of right now, Thursday, 2.55 in the afternoon. Um, but Rap Sheet was on the McAfee show today, and he said kind of – he seems like Odell's waiting it out, and he seems like he said he wants a home for two or three years possibly. So it looks like if he doesn't sign before this week's games, he'll be signing somewhere maybe for a little bit more time. So, you know, the teams that are interested, and we, we've narrowed it down to is uh, Green Bay, obviously, Kansas City, New Orleans, and New England. And – uh to me, you know, Odell kind of wanted out of Cleveland because he wasn't involved enough in the offense. And, uh, you know, the, the quarterback play was a question at times with Baker Mayfield. But 
you know, when, when he brings that up, it seems like Green Bay or Kansas City would then be the best spots because obviously you have, you know, the best quarterbacks in the National Football League with Mahomes and Rodgers. But the interesting thing, I think, is the Randy Moss kind of situation. It's kind of similar to Odell Beckham Jr.'s. You know, start, Randy started his career with Minnesota, Odell with the Giants, you know, spectacular. Randy went to Oakland, kind of wasn't the same. And then, you know, he went to New England to revitalize his career. Odell was with the Browns, wasn't the same. Will he go to New England and revitalize his career? I, I think that's certainly a question. I think that's certainly something that Odell is considering. And, the you know, the Patriots have a bunch of playmakers, but they don't have that star playmaker. And I think possibly Odell can turn that around and be back to his form, you know, with in his prime with the Giants. So to me, I would like to see him go to the Patriots, honestly. But where do you think he's going to end up? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you 100%. Patriots is where I want to see him. I want to see him as a wide receiver one, not a wide receiver two, because it, with Odell's personality, I believe he's like an alpha. He's like an alpha dog, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't not be an alpha dog. I, I'm not saying he can't play second fiddle and like be that, you know, accept that role. Because I think he can accept that role. I think like someone put it perfect. I think who was it that I listened to? I think it was McAfee. He's fine playing the role of, you know, being a decoy on a lot of plays and just running his route, but being a decoy. But then when it's his turn to eat, when it's his turn to get the actual ball, he wants the ball thrown to him like accurately. He wants an accurately thrown ball, not some overthrown or underthrown or to the side throw from Baker Mayfield, you know? So at least if you're going to put him on the Packers or Chiefs, and, you know, it's his time to get the ball. At least, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes will make that accurate throw to him and that he'll be at least happy with his three catches for 50 yards on the night. And that's it. Or four catches for 70. But, you know, I think with at least New England, I think it'll be fun to see him get like six, seven catches a night, like 15 targets. Like that's like a wide receiver one like that. 12 to 15 targets eat up with Mac Jones. I think that they would really cater the offense. I Josh McDaniels around him. And I know they, they're a really run heavy offense. So you might be asking yourself, are you kind of running it back in Cleveland again? Like, are you doing the same thing? And same style. Browns? Yeah. Because like, it's like Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, both run heavy offenses. But I think Josh McDaniels, based on like what he said, because he's had some high praise for OBJ. You, you would have to hope he would adjust the offense. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, right now, New England has no weapons. So maybe that's why they're running so much. You would have to hope if they got a lot of weapons or if they got OBJ in, in this instance, that they would change up a lot. So I think if they did that. Well, I don't know about change up else. a lot. It's also going to be a lot to come just in there. Just change and it up a bit. Just get him the ball, though. You know what I mean? Well, you that's where OBJ, you have to give him the ball. That's where I think, like, the Saints, for example, would be something good then. Because, like, you know how good of an offensive coordinator Sean – well, he's a head coach, but he calls a place Sean Payton with the Saints. You know, he – I, and they don't have Michael Thomas for the rest of this year. Look who they're throwing out there at wide receiver, Marquez Callaway, Kevin look White. Look who they have at quarterback. I understand that, but Sean Payton can find ways to get the ball in Odell Beckham Jr.'s no, hands. Look, I think that would be a terrible idea. And, and I think more than anyone in the national – like the Saints do such a good – like even with Alvin Kamara, getting him his touches every game. Like they they do su- – like they'll do such a good job finding ways to get Odell the ball. I, I don't know. I think that's something to throw out there as well are the Saints. But ultimately – I could see the Packers though. And based off what you, did you hear what Devante said in the uh, press conference? Like he had one catch yards last week. I can guarantee oh, you that. Yeah, I heard that. that here. So uh, I could see that too. And you know, they're in a, like they lost Tanyan. They don't really have a wide receiver too. kind of been inconsistent. Lazard MBS has been banked up. Cobb is, you know, the slot guy. Mm-hmm. So they could use a wide receiver too. And then Kansas city needs somebody else outside of Hill and, you know, Kelsey. So, all these kind of situations are good. It's just where does the Odell Saints, want to end up? What is the Saints or what is good about the Saints one? Because I get Sean Payton. Going back home and Sean Payton. Like, you really want yeah. to go to a quarterback that's worse than Baker Mayfield. So when you're getting misthrown by Trevor Simeon, it's going to be okay because you're in your hometown. But well, not okay in Cleveland. I, I, I don't even know if it's misthrown. I think it's just not being involved in the game plan. And it was kind I of the think, same thing I with Stefan and Kevin Stefanski as well. Well, no, I think Odell's, like, I think, like I said, Odell, especially with the Giants, I know this a lot. He was a decoy on a lot of plays because when you're a deep receiver, when you're a town like OBJ, you're a lot of the times you're a decoy to set yourself up for a big play, to set yourself up later in the game for a big play on like an 80-yard, like, you know, slant to the house or whatever, or 80-yard post to the house. I think he's okay with, you know, you know, being a wide receiver too, only getting like eight targets a game. 
But on those eight targets, he wants to be able to capitalize. And, you know, when he's open, when he's creating like 10 yards of separation, like he still is, he wants to get the ball thrown to him accurately. And the problem in Cleveland is when he, when it was his turn to get the ball and he ran a good route, 10 yards open down the field and he got missed, you're going to be pissed off. But Baker didn't even throw him the ball sometimes. No, Baker, I thought Baker threw him the ball a lot. Well, no, Baker double clutch sometimes because Baker would hesitate in the pocket, double clutch a throw and like actually wouldn't throw the ball, which was a problem of his. Another yeah, problem of his. He missed Odell multiple times. Another, yeah, another problem was he would just blatantly miss him when he was down the field. So, I mean, Baker, I don't know. I'm not going to bash Baker because he played really good Sunday. So, I mean, look, me, who was actually. They needed that mutual breakup with Odell leaving the Browns and like their offense is better without him. And he doesn't fit what they have. Like they have there. It just didn't make sense. And I was going to say Stefanski was kind of the same way with Stefan Diggs there, you know, with Minnesota before he, when he was the offensive coordinator, Diggs never really broke out. Stefanski left Minnesota. Diggs went to Buffalo and then Diggs broke out kind of as a wide receiver one. So maybe Odell still has all that talent still there, which we've seen with him getting open, but he just needs to go in a situation where he could be a wide receiver one. And maybe he wants that where he can go do that with New Orleans for the rest of this season or New England for maybe a couple of years. Yes. The, the, the Stefanski thing is interesting about how Stefan Diggs broke out post Stefanski. I would say Adam Thielen, it seems like played like well, as well with Stefanski as he did without. I, I don't, it's interesting to see that. I well, you, it's Stefanski's style. He, just, he runs just, the ball a lot though. Very, yeah, run, very run heavy. Very run heavy. Yep. But, I mean, look, what are we going to do? I'm not going to really bash the fancy because he came into Cleveland and yeah. he delivered a, a winning season. Excellent. Yeah. Get, but I w- it would be cool style. to see Odell go back to, like, wide receiver one prime form because he's one of the electric players to watch in the National Football League when, when he's, like, oh, man. Like, it's, it was unbelievable. And, and look, Mac isn't bad. Like, if Eli, no, if Eli was a good quarterback for OBJ, Mac Jones could be. For sure. He's a pretty deep ball. He doesn't throw the deep ball a lot, but he's a pretty deep ball, and he's very accurate, short passer, so he would be a good a fit uh, with OBJ. I think so. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the NBA now and, and talk about probably the biggest um, storyline of the week, which was the Nikola jokic Markeith Morris brawl. So Nuggets star Nikola Jokic and Heat forward Markeith Morris exchanged cheap shots in the final minutes of Monday night's game between the two teams when Denver was at 15 plus points and Markeith kind of started it off with a simple, I would say a little shove, little friendly shove, um, like not so friendly, right? Not so friendly, but Jokic was dribbling the ball up the half court and he was going for the pass, the overhead pass, right? To um, his teammate. I forget. I think it was Will Barton. I'm not really sure. Look, I forget, but basically he does that. Um, starts walking away, continuing to go up the court. Then Jokic, slowly trails him and just proceeds to deck him from the blind side. So Marcus Morris is, or Mark Keith Morris, um, his back's faced away. And then Jokic just goes for the slam with his elbow out. I mean, and just decks him that, uh, gave Jokic a one game suspension. It gave Mark Keith Morris a $50,000 fine. But the more interesting part about this is the beef that transpired on Twitter between both families. So Marcus, uh, Markeith Morris's brother, Marcus, these names are kind of confusing. I, I love both the twins. So I'm sorry for getting these wrong, but Markeith Morris's brother, Marcus, who plays for the Clippers, he took to Twitter um, about the brawl and he said, waited till bro turned his back, shaking my head, noted with the writing emoji. And then the Jokic brothers created a Twitter account, which is, you know, these are two, of Nikola Jokic's brothers, made a Twitter account. They are regulars at Nuggets games. You saw them in last year's playoffs when Devin Booker and I, uh, I believe Devin Booker and Nikola Jokic got involved in a fight. And you saw, you know, Jokic's brother, he was staring at, he was, he wanted blow with Devin Booker. And he tweeted back at Marcus Morris saying, quote, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. Signed by the Jokic brothers. So 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty interesting uh, tweet for the Jokic brothers. They made a Twitter account with no profile picture, so they don't even know how to make a profile picture, I'm assuming. And their Twitter handle is at Jokic brothers, if you want to drop them a follow. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty interesting situation here. What I also found out um, is that they will be attending the Heat Nuggets game in Miami on November 29th. I think it's a Friday, November 29th in Miami. Um, that's gonna I, be wish a I, was, I wish I was going to that game. Yeah, November 29th. So if you live in the Miami area, that would be a fun one to go to. Yeah, that's a, that's a must watch. I mean, this is hilarious, honestly, but like Jokic's brothers, I listen, I, I'm, I'm sorry. If there's going to be a fight between Jokic's brothers and the Morris twins, the Jokic brothers are winning. Oh, easily. Though those they're tough. Those guys are definitely you could just see like those Eastern Europeans, like they're what they're Serbian, I believe. They're, they're Serbia, yes, yeah, Serbia. Yeah, like those, those guys are. You do not want to mess with those guys. They are they are tough. Oh, you want to know their names? This is probably the. Oh, I don't even. I don't even want to pronounce it. I'm kind of scared. So it's Straningia, Straningia Jokic, and Nemenja Jokic. Are the two um, brothers? Yeah, Nemanja Mont. Yeah, I know the side. Yeah, Nemanja is probably an easy name, but the Stran the Strangia is a hard one. But those are their their names. If you guys, I just to. don't understand. Like the Morris brothers have always been this way, though. Like let's let's not kid ourselves here. They've always been dirty players. Oh, they look, have. look, they have semi dirty, right? Yes, they've but always. I, been... I like them when he when Marcus was on the Knicks, dude. He was my favorite. He was good, but. But they, they, bro, they've always been dirty players, and they did start it. I get what Jokic didn't wasn't like right either when he, you know, he ran after him when he turned his back. But the Morris brothers started it. They're always instigating stuff. When you're an instigator like that, it, it gets on people's nerves. And I guess maybe they wanted to do it, whatever they got. Jokic just spent it. But like, listen, they don't. You, I'm telling you, they don't want to mess with the Jokic brothers. I can tell you. That I don't know. I I kind of blame both of them equally because Jokic is kind of like Jokic is not known for being. The most like clean player. He, oh, doesn't, he, have yeah, he, he does have a temper as well. Yeah. Like, apparently, he's not anger management issues, but like he, he showed his anger in the past of like, you know, not being able to hold it in. Yeah, um, he has some, he has some temp, a pro, like a little bit of a temper. Yeah, but, I would just blame them both equally. Marcus or Markeith, that was so uncalled for for what he did. But they, that's what they do. They, those guys, they're, they intentionally. No, I wouldn't categorize Marcus into that. I think Marcus is much more than Markeith. Well, what a Mark, well, didn't Marcus do something in last year's playoffs? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure, but the Clippers last year, he did something. I don't, know, I, I don't think like he, because I know Pat Beverly did it to, Pat Beverly did something to CP3. Remember where he shoved him in the back? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think Marcus, I, I don't, don't think know. Marcus did anything. No, I don't think he did. The I, Morris I twins aren't so, aren't so innocent either, so. No, they aren't know. innocent, Frank, but I don't think that like, I don't think this particular instance, though, I think they're both equally to blame. I'll say that. Because Jokic hit him, like, I mean, come on, that was pretty hard. But I guess when you, you serve a shot like that, you have to expect to get hit hard back. Yeah, but he also shouldn't have hit him in the blind side, I don't think, but whatever. I mean, when they were with Phoenix, because there was one point in time where Marcus and Marquis were both yeah, teammates. They were together, yeah. They were both teammates in Phoenix, I believe. Um, that was when the Suns were awful, though. Well, no, I, no, the one year they were together, they actually, there was one year where they won 30, they won like four, no, they won 44 games as a nine seed. It was the team that had Eric Bledsoe, Goran Dragic. Oh, the um, three point guard team and Isaiah Thomas, was that I it? I think, I think Isaiah Thomas got traded at the deadline that year because, well, what year was it? I think it was 2013, 14. Yeah, they won 48 games and finished as a nine seed, winning 48 games. Wow, tough luck. That, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Jeez. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Warriors though now. And honestly, are they the team to beat? They've been absolutely phenomenal so far. Ten and one, sitting first place comfortably in the Western Conference. They're getting James Wiseman back soon. This will be his second year now. Kind of banged up last year in his rookie season. And then obviously, Clay Thompson coming back off two major surgeries: the torn ACL and the torn Achilles. Right now, Seth Curry's got to be one of the MVP favorites. He's playing great basketball. He dropped fifty points the other night. And then you know they're currently on a six-game winning streak. Their last loss, I believe, was to Memphis yeah. um, back. And then, you know, they're getting great production off the bench from guys like Gary Payton and Jordan Poole. This team, you know, has a ton of depth. Bringing back Iguodala was a great move for them as well. And, you know, they're, and they're getting more important pieces back soon. So, I mean, to me, right now, considering the Bucks kind of banged up a little bit and starting to get guys back, the Lakers struggles early on. LeBron is hurt now. The Nets kind of took a little bit to figure it out. To me, it seems like the Warriors have to be favorites. That, that's my thought. Oh, the Warriors 
are, look, I said on last podcast that they were my championship favorite as of right now. I'm going to have to stick with that pick, of course, because I don't want to like kind of shift, uh, shift shuffle so much times and, you know, go back and forth. But I will say when the Bucks are healthy, it's hard to argue that they're not the favorites. I still love what they uh, do defensively um, with Middleton, with Holiday. I mean, with Giannis, that trio, nobody talks about it, but that defensive trio and, and offensively too, obviously they're all ultra talented offensively, but that trio is the most like well-rounded trio you'll ever see on both ends of the floor. They're all elite defenders, all elite, you know, buck getters as well. So, I mean, it's hard to count them out and they have great shooting around with Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez. Recent Allen. He, he's, he's been such an underrated. Allen's been a great addition and yeah. they still get Pat uh, DiVincenzo back or, you know, Pat, wait, was that, was that, Dante, Dante, Dante DiVincenzo. I, I confused Pat Connaughton with, but and, and same thing with George, like the George Hill signing was nice for them as well. Like they, they just done, they have done a number of good, good things. Yeah. Good things. And honestly, they might like the, even Rodney Hood off the bench and Nawara has stepped up a little bit. Like yeah, Rodney bench, Hood's been a good pickup. Then Asis as well. Like the, they might be better and deeper Pretty than they deep, were last yeah. year. So like, and, I, and that's saying something. And but, then Miami, look, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really too high on them. I'm not too sold on Miami. I, to most. Yeah. I, I still don't like Bam and Jimmy. Not like, I don't like that duo, to be honest, come playoff time. I'm not, not the biggest fan. the ball from the perimeter. Yeah. It really, you really need to, you need, you need to have a specific supporting cast. And I think they might have what we don't know for sure. They might've found it with, with hero playing very well with Lowry now with, you know, Robinson, but it's TBD still. And I, I don't think. think- PJ Tucker though, he actually is averaging now five points a game up from last year, which is three. So doing some, but he, he, he's averaging one three pointer made a game. So he's, he's shooting the corner three, one time a game at least, but making one, I mean, but what, what about the nets though? Because I, I think they're quietly kind of winning a few games. You know, they played some bad teams, but it seems like Harden's a little bit getting his, you know, feet under him a little bit better. And then LaMarcus Aldridge has been like their third best player, which is pretty crazy to say, considering he had to retire last year. And then Durant's been an MVP favorite as well. He's Durant's been, been absolutely unbelievable. But do you think w- with any chance maybe they can contend there up with the Bucks in the East without Kyrie? Because it seems like at this point oh. in time, nothing is changing. With the, without with the Kyrie, I think that this series would go a lot differently than last year. Last year went seven games. I think it would be like more of a five, six-game series for the Bucks without um, Kyrie. I, I think with like just this year from Brooklyn, their, their bench has been a little concerning. Underwhelming, and besides Patty Mills. Other than Patty Mills, Aldridge has been playing phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still question their depth. You know, I, I think I said that you know a couple times. You know, throughout the last couple of podcasts, like outside of Mills, Aldridge, Harden, Durant, and, and even Joe Harris. I mean, it's an it, well, Joe Harris has been kind of struggling. Like same sort of thing that we saw last playoffs from him. It just hasn't been that great. So, yeah, then, but look, we can never count the Nets out, right? We of you can never not. truly Super count the Nets out. Anytime you got KD, you got to get, you got to have, you know, you got to keep in the conversation. But yeah, outside of the Bucks and Nets in the East, nobody. I don't think the, the Sixers are really doing much without, I, without, it, I, I don't really think they've been playing well, but you think Seth Curry is the main shot creator in the playoffs? Yeah. But getting, getting back to the Warriors, then I, I at this point in time with the way that the Lakers are playing, I, I don't see anyone that can contend with them come playoff time. I think I, don't. I think the three best teams in the East or the, the in the league, I, I should argue, are the the Bucks, the Nets, and the Warriors. I would say are the three best. The, the Lakers are just, and I the Lakers like, had a solid win yesterday in OT versus the Heat. But that was without Jimmy Butler for most of the game. The thing that scares me is, too, like the Lakers, I feel like they kind of wanted to rely more on their young guys like THT and, and none, and they've been hurt. And, you know, they're playing – well, obviously LeBron's hurt now, but Russell Westbrook and Davis are playing a lot of minutes in these games where they really shouldn't have to – you know, they shouldn't have to be. And they had, I believe, six games, two against the Thunder. Yeah, Thunder, the – They played the they played a lot of the bottom – Rockets twice, the Thunder twice. And they struck – The Cavs like, once, but the Cavs are – they struggled. They struggled through it. Like, this schedule is going to get tougher for the Lakers without LeBron now. Like, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. Oh, no, no. I mean, it gets a little tougher, but still, I don't know. The Lakers still have somewhat of an easy schedule. Like, the, 
the Timberwolves, Spurs. I mean, then the Bulls and the Bucks. So I mean, I don't know. It, it'll it'll get tough eventually, but I think so. I I, I think. But you also can kind of look at it this way: if you don't lose to the Thunder twice, you're nine and three, not seven and five. You can't lose to the Thunder yes, twice. I think if they if they beat the Thunder both times, I think the perception would be a lot different of them. You you can't and you just like. And the thing is, like I said, like you're even like Melo, he, he's he's playing a lot of minutes right now. Like come come towards the end of the season, are these veterans going to be able to hold up? Especially Anthony Davis too, because we he's had injury problems in the past. Like I I don't like this is where in the regular season I thought it'd be a little bit more coasting, and now with LeBron going down, obviously, and then not just being that good and not having you know there's some of the young guys there. Like I, I don't I don't know about the durability of this team. That certainly worries me, especially with Anthony Davis's injury the AD, history. AD gets me scared, but it it, it makes me. <laughs> Makes me nervous considering the Warriors are getting like have so much depth, and it seems the like they're getting clay back, they're, they're getting, getting healthier. Back. Yeah, but, although I, I, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, I don't know how much Wiseman kind of helps because last year they were they had a better record without Wiseman than they did with him. Well, I don't know, I feel like it's just a different team than last year, and I think, like I said, I talked to you about it, like I think Wiseman's just gonna kind of play more of his role this year, like he'll take some minutes away from Looney set screens and just rebound play underneath the basket not get like post touches not not like be like a main they need him to they need him to just improve more as a defender because i think that's kevon ludy's been a great defender for them this year and i think that's part of the reason why they have the number one defense they just need wiseman to be unfortunately they're just going to need wiseman to be a role player and and he's just going to have to accept the fact that this is a team that could still Win a championship right now, and as a championship contender, he has to play. How about Jordan Poole, man? I mean, Jordan Poole. I I, I kind of talked about him before the season. I think a lot of people were talking about him before the season. He's, Averaging eighteen a game, he's been fantastic so far for them. He came with Gary Payton as well off the bench. Gary Payton the second been phenomenal. Gonzalez giving them good minutes, and then Iguodala coming back was also very underrated. Just he, another great defender. A lot of us. He's a great playmaker off the bench. Like eight assists last night. Tennessee on a Friday night, I believe, versus yeah. Hornets. But and like you said, Clay, Clay, Clay comes back, comes right back into his role, and like it's just, it seems like everything is clicking for them right now. And let's just see how long they can keep it up. You know what's interesting? I we could talk about this real quick. When Clay comes back, they'll have to kick someone out of the starting five, of course. Right now, it's Curry, Poole, Wiggins, and Green outside of the center position because, I mean, they could maybe put Green at the five, have Wiggins four. And then Curry, Poole, and Clay. Possibly. I, I think Poole would probably be going back to the bench as the six-man role. That's, That's my thought. Yeah, it's tough. But, you but think, I guess they could use more scoring on the bench, but Poole is phenomenal. I, I would like to see him just play a lot. I mean, he'll play a lot regardless, I think, though, right? Yeah. I, I, I Like I said, I think it's going to be like somewhat of a Dennis Schroeder situation that we've seen down in uh, – Okay, see that one year with Shea and maybe like with Shea and um, Chris Paul? The one yeah. year they're all together. I mean, I, there's I, a lot of situations where guards, three guards played well together. Exactly. Even the Knicks, we do it off the bench. We have Rose quickly and um and Kemba. Well, no, not not off the like Burks is really oh, off the bench. Too. Burks, yeah, Burks yeah, is a guard. Yeah. You really start three guards like on our in our second rotation. Like the I think the Warriors will do a lot of that. But then it comes to the question: like, how many minutes is Wiseman gonna be playing? Because that's gonna be a lot more time for you know Draymond at the five. Like I or do they just May, yeah, I'm, or they could just start a traditional five where they put poor the bench. It's just Steph Clay, Wiggins, Green, and, and Wiseman. Yeah, I mean, but I, like I said, I I think come crunch time and you know come to the key moments of the game, especially in the fourth quarter, I think you'll be seeing a lot of Draymond at the five. That's my thought. And and the weird part about this team too is that like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga, they're they're two draft picks. They're not even going to be able to play this year because their team is kind of that deep. Were they yeah, Bielitsa, Iguodala, like Juan Toscano? Avery Bradley? Like, well, you know, Avery Bradley's on the oh, Lakers. No, Avery on the Lakers now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They cut Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley's on the Lakers now. But yeah. um, Gary Payton the second. I mean, they they have a deep team of, like, yeah. ten, like – It's almost yeah. like they didn't even, like, need those draft picks, which is crazy. They should have just traded them away. We talked about that. They got who, though? Ben Simmons? Like No, no, not Ben Simmons, but they should have traded away for something because these guys are not going to play. I don't know. It's tough because, like, then then you would add somebody else to what they have going, and what they have going right now seems to be working perfectly. You can never not add more bench talent or more starting talent. You could always add more talent in the NBA. I guess. That was like I'm just curious to see how long it'll last. Like through 11 games so far that they've played, they've been excellent. But you know, when adding these pieces back and every like, 
I don't know. Especially, I love that that come playoff time because you have obviously they're the experience Iguodala, Draymond, Curry, Clay. Like that's unmatched come playoff time. You know, playoff experience and playing in those big moments. You know, and they no, it's you know it's gonna work because even if Wiseman like doesn't you know fit in with them, then just fine, just take him out. Yeah, I, I think they're okay with like not like just because they're winning. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Kind of adjusting to rotation, whatever is working. Because then you like like they haven't even really been even trying to implement Moody and uh, I think Moody's been hurt for a little bit, but Kuminga into the rotation at all either. So they yeah, like Moody's just playing right now. He's back. Yeah, no, Moody's playing, but like they've been like they both have been in and out of the G League too. I think they actually might be signed. Are they on two ways? Are they on two I ways? I think Kuminga might be. I, I I've seen Kuminga play. I've seen Moody play in the G League. I think too. Like I've seen both of them play in the G League. Seventh overall pick in the G League. Interesting. Well, it's to get him a run. It's to get him a run because you're not going to play minutes. I mean, it's... I guess, but, like, man, like you said, though, like, what what piece could they have maybe added then to make, like, to even put them over the top? Because, listen, at the end of the day, come down to, like, when the Lakers are there, like, in the Western Conference Finals, if they are playing the Warriors, like, it's going to be tough. Like, it's, it's still not going to be easy. Like, maybe someone that could have helped them would be... I don't know. And then those draft, the value is going down of Kuminga and Moody because they they're not playing. Mm-hmm. All know. right, let's move on to the, the Grizzlies now. And another team, uh, I mean, who's been kind of over, not really over exceeding because they're now six and five. So they're, they're kind of barely over um, expectations. But John Murray has certainly been a big part of at least the reason why they're still afloat because this, this team really isn't that, that talented, at least for, at least the way I see it. And, especially without Dylan Brooks these past like 10 games. He, he finally came back last night and showed the immediate impact of that at putting up 20 points a game. In the playoffs, he put up 25 a night too. Like Dylan Brooks is the most underrated player, or I hate using the most. He's one of the most underrated players in the league because there's a lot of underrated guys. But yeah, Dylan Brooks is definitely one of those guys. And, you know, Memphis right now, they're, they're six and five. Like I said, John Morant's been crazy good this season. Averaging 27 points a game, six boards, seven assists. Um, there's not there's not much you could say about that. He's playing at an all-star level, playing at an all-NBA level, I could argue, with guys like, you know, a lot of guards this year struggling. Like Damian Lillard averaging like 20 points. Even Trey Young's numbers are down. A lot of guards' numbers are down, and John Morant's are actually just way up. So he's definitely got a strong case for an all-NBA bid this year. But I want to talk more about the Grizzlies in this in this segment and kind of what the expectations we should have for them are because the Western Conference is competitive, right? There's no doubt. I mean, there's teams like the Warriors, the Lakers, the Jazz, Suns, Nuggets. I'm not really sure if I could say they're, that they're so competitive where the, the Grizzlies couldn't beat Denver because Michael Porter has been, I mean, he's been so bad and it's been so tough to see. He was, he got also hurt, you know, I think like a couple of days ago. So he's out for the next two weeks, but he was averaging 10 points a game on like 36% from the field. And he's getting paid 200 mil. That might yeah. come out to be, I mean, look, I'm not going to overreact because I'm a big MPJ guy. I have faith in my guy, but certainly not looking good so far. So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess in the West, there's like four teams I would say that I would say are immediately yeah. better than Memphis. I, I think Dallas as well. No, Dallas is the most fraudulent seven and four team. They have had the easiest schedule in the NBA so far. And everyone's like, oh, look at Dallas. Yeah. Similar rosters, though, and I'm taking Luca over Ja. So that, that's where ultimately I, I give them the edge. That's my thought. So well, they, so, beat, like the, they beat like the Rockets, the Spurs, like the Kings. Who do they, the Spurs again? They beat the Pelicans. Yeah, but like I said, it's, a, it's, a, it's comparing the rosters. Similarly, similar, sim, pretty similar rosters. Hardaway, kind of like Dylan Brooks, you know, KPJ and Jaron Jackson, and then John Luca. I'm taking KPJ, Jaron Jackson. Yeah. Who's KPJ for the for the? Oh no, Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps. KP. Oh, KP. That's like it's pretty similar. Rot. Like the rosters are pretty similar. I think obviously I'd rather have Luca, like I said. So I'm taking the Mavericks over them in my eyes. And then I think the Nuggets still, you know, come time Jamal Murray comes back and. MPJ maybe figures it out a little bit. I, I still think I, I, I like Memphis's roster a little bit more. Like Desmond Bain is one of my favorite sophomores. 
Um, last year, he really had a coming out party in the playoffs as a rookie. Um, and now he's averaging 15 a game this year. Yeah, I, I like really Anthony like Melton. Dylan Brooks. I, I really, and like you said, I, like I said, I really like Dylan Brooks. I think he's extremely underrated. The only it, thing- it's tough too. Cause like Brandon Clark for them has fell out of the rotation and he was very good for them. Um, like his rookie year and even last year too. Yeah. Fell out of the rotation a little bit. Kyle Anderson. I mean, he's on my fantasy team. He's a pretty underrated, like he's not a bucket. He's more just a do it all player. Um, highest Jones, of course, you know, he's, he's solid. So no Memphis is like has some depth and Steven Adams. I mean, actually, the, I don't even know if I like Steven Adams to be honest. The problem is like, like you said, they're eighth right now to me. That's where I could see him staying. I don't really see, like, I think they're a playing team. I don't think they can get over that. Well, yeah. I, I kind of, I, I kind of like agree a little bit, but they could get up to like the six seed. Maybe if like they can surpass a team, like that's currently there, like Dallas or like the Clippers. I think they could be better than the Clippers this year. I, I think possibly. Yeah. But like I said, like, to me, they're still a first round exit. Like, oh no, yeah. They, they're they're gonna have to add some other like the problem is with Memphis is you're never gonna really attract that free agent. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of you're never gonna have a high enough draft pick again where you're gonna strike and hit somebody that you could pair like hit on somebody that you could pair with Jaw that can be an immediate, you know, second star. Like I don't think Jaron Jackson could be that second piece. And like same with Dylan Brooks. Like I think those guys are more like three and four pieces. Like Dylan Brooks is kind of there, Mikael Bridges, Jaron Jackson is like is like the like like DeAndre in like lower end pieces, comparing them to the Suns and Jaws, like the CP, like they don't have that other piece with Jaw, and they're never going to get that continuing to be the eight seed. But honestly, Memphis is like a, they're one of the, I think they're the second smallest market in the NBA. So like making the, the playoffs, every, right behind like ahead of New Orleans. I know, yeah, the, like making the playoffs every year for them, like you got to be okay with that. Okay, like just look, we're not going to get into this whole argument of like making the playoff. Look, I get like where you come from. But like that should kind of like getting to the playoffs. Like they still should be held accountable. If like they don't ever like you know make it past the first round. But it was kind of like the same thing when the Mike Conley days. Like what was the furthest they made it with Conley and Gasol? They made it to the WCF. They they actually made it to the Western Conference Finals. Like that first like that first year they really popped off. They lost to the Spurs in six games, I believe, in the WCF. So so uh, what do you five. So what do you do if you're a team like Memphis then? Because like that, that, like that's the thing. A team like Memphis, you hope that you trade for somebody. You hope you gather enough assets to trade. Well, I don't know by who, Frank. I mean, the who thing is, it could be anybody. It could be any. I doubt. know, but like to me, like I said, they're never going to. There, there's no doubt. It's tough to like it's, get out of what they because they're never going to be high enough to draft well, like to get the top five guy again. They're exactly. never signing anybody, right? So I, I get where you're coming from, but you could definitely like trade for somebody. It's not like out of the like the well, possibility that you. Yeah, they're gonna have to hit on their draft picks then, even where they're picking like Brandon yeah, Clark. So I think I think the Jaron Jackson is gonna hold them back. I, I'm that, not the biggest Jaron Jackson fan. No, and he's kind of been a little injury prone as well. Like yeah, he has some trouble saying so. Like and he hasn't really progressed since his rookie year. Like he's putting up around like the same number numbers. numbers. Yeah. That, that's I think tough. Dylan Brooks is a good piece, but is Dylan Same. Brooks supposed to be your second best player? Oh, that's why I'm saying. Like, I compare them to the I don't the know. Sun. I think more like third or fourth. Exactly. I compare them to the Suns where, like, Brooks is kind of the third. Jaron Jackson would be the fourth. Ja, ja could be the first or second, but they don't have that other co-star with Ja. That's the problem. If they had another co-star with Ja, I think the team would be fine with that, with, with Jackson. Oh, yeah, definitely. Four I seat. think those would be great three and four pieces, Jackson and Brooks, but they're just not good enough to be twos and threes. And expect like they have some decent young talent off the bench, like you talked about with Bain and Felton. So like and Brandon Clark as well, who's not in the rotation anymore, but like and Tyus Jones as well. So it's not like they don't have some guys, but they just don't have that second coach. Yeah, Kyle Anderson too. Kyle Anderson. But, but Ja Ja needs to be in conversation for all NBA. Uh, I think so. And I think he's most certainly an all-star at this time. Oh no, no, no gonna make the all-star. No team. doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. And like we said, we, he turned up, we talked about this before, like how he turned up like last year, like in playing in the playing tournament. And then, you know, in the playoffs in the first round, like, and then he, you know, he last regular season, he really wasn't like anything too impressive. No, not at all. And he was shooting a real, we were talking about it. He was so inefficient from three, but yeah, like look, 29%. Like he hit the play and he hit his stride in the playoffs. And then he's, He's kept up pace with that. And he's yeah, been this year, he's, shooting, he's actually shooting a three really well this year. He's I, I don't still know, over like, 40%. Let me check that real quick because I don't know. Let me like I can literally like see any. It's thirty five percent now. 
So still it's solid, gone though. down a little bit, but still solid though. You know, it's still it's still He's solid. Fantastic though. And you know what? Like I said, I'm gonna say it again. I would take him over Zion. Take him over Zion. I mean, like I think that's like a TBD, like X Factor wild card. It's tough because if they're both healthy, I'm taking Zion still. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, but but we could play health, hypotheticals all day. Considering health, taking that yeah. into factor, it's John ja Morant is the best. You can play hypotheticals all day. Well, Frank, I mean, you're the king of hypotheticals with RJ Barrett as the number one option would be the would be uh, LeBron in his prime. No. no, RJ is the number one option would be very good though. There's no doubt. There's no doubt RJ would look what he good. did when he was at Duke when Zion was out for those few games. He oh, no. stepped- when Zion was out, he was cooking. He was yeah, he stepped, he stepped into a role he like and in the he won the a minute- game at the carrier dome, I think it was. Yeah, he know? did. I think he had 30 and 12 that game. Yeah, but like that's the thing too, like with the Knicks, then for example, like we talked, like they signed Fournier. He hasn't been great. He's been okay. Kemba Walker's been underwhelming, and like they're taking away shots from RJ. So like, you know, in a in a situation where he could strive with more more shots, more ability to get to the rim and finish, like play and make, like it's just they don't call enough plays for him either. Tibbs doesn't, to be fair. I I don't. I really don't think he does. Yeah, I mean, all right. The Knicks are another time. We should have kind of fitted in. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode if um they continue to struggle. I believe they have two games from now on just the next podcast. Man. They're just inconsistent. They will win one. Very inconsistent. Very inconsistent, no doubt. Come out so far every game, too. Let's move on to talk to us Thursday real quick. Um, I think a long episode. I think we started this around like an hour ago, so maybe not so long. But let's get into our first question of the day, um, where we answer five of your guys' questions every single episode. Um, we start off with Jake Halt, who says, What's better, chocolate chip cookies or frosted sugar cookies? I'm in the holiday spirit. I'm going with the frosted sugar cookies. And like the victory cookies? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? It's the ones like the, the, like, yeah. The the sugar, you put the the sugar cookies, you know, like like the red or like the green, like sprinkles. Yeah, 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 the the victory cookies, dude. I can't. You call them? them, We call them victory cookies. Victory cookies. Yeah, graph on the, yeah. We like I can have one of those and my mouth gets like so dry because like the cookie's so dry. So oh, like, I mean, I guess. But yeah. it, that one is so good. But I, I'm gonna go with the chocolate chip. Like a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie, like warm, is just like incredible. But you know what's even better? A fresh baked like sugar cookie, like n- like with the sprinkles in it. You know what I'm talking about? Like just the cookie and like the crystal sprinkles in it. Like, they put them inside the cookie. Oh my God, it's insane. Like oh, wow. the crystals, like the crystal sprinkles, insane, insane. Hmm. Mon- All right, Mon- let's, let's get to our moment. next question. This is a banger from our man, Mason Lipinski, who asked a real question. All three of you guys versus Miles Garrett in a cage match. What are your chances looking like? It's like, like 2%, like 1%. Like we have no shot. The problem is like, it, it's dude, like- no, you have to think about it. Us like versus Miles Garrett, we like one person can grab his leg, but like that's about it. Like you can't like do much. Like, like if we all we're all gonna like just it's gonna be like dumb. The problem He's is like one, our face. If, if if each one of us run at him at one time, he just throws us away. Like he's just, so you, like, have to, you have to approach slowly. You have to like go for maybe his two legs, I guess, and like kind of just make him fall down. I mean, I don't know how that would work, but yeah, it'd be tough. He'd probably kick our ass because he's like insanely strong. But like if. Like, if we're taking on, like, Robbie Anderson, I think the three of us can beat him. That was so uncalled for. Like, well, how? Well, that Robbie Anderson. Well, look, um, that's a good example. He's a really skinny wide receiver. Like, that's I'm not like, challenging Robbie Anderson if he wants to smoke. I'm not challenging me either. But, like, I'm saying, like, a receiver. Like, we probably can't take down, like, a strong defensive end or an offensive line. I don't know if we could take down anyone. I mean, all the like, receiver, Rondell, like, no, Rondell Moore we could take down. Or Hunter Renfro. We can't take, like, come on, we could take down no, Hunter We could take down Rondell Moore, though, I think. Okay, like that's a good example. Like we can, like, I, like the three of us against someone like that, yeah. But like not against Miles Garrett, no way. Yeah, no, agreed. All right, let's move on to Dane, uh, Dangerous Russ Kai ninety nine. He says, "Do the Seahawks still have a real shot at making it further into the playoffs?" So is no. this like, so like let's say like they do they still like Super Bowl aspirations? Is no. it still like? They're a first round exit, even if they get into me. They'll, they'll be the seventh seed or the sixth seed, maybe. At so best. What did you think before the season then? Let me ask you that. Same thing. 
Okay, so you haven't changed your opinion. Okay, so I, I think that's what he's kind of asking in a sense is like, has this like adversity they hit like through this? No, they, they affected them too much. And listen, Pete Carroll needs to go. Like, we're, I'm sorry, I'm so. No, I know it. he does. I think yeah, I like the, the defense. The defense is is not good, and he still wants to stick to that same philosophy of running the ball on first and second down, bro. You have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Russell Wilson. Throw the football. Like, it's not like. It's not the NFL that it was back then. And I think, honestly, like, this might be the last year of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson in Seattle, to be honest with you. I think it will. Because I think Pete Carroll's gone. He I runs the ball every first and second down. I think Russell Wilson might be gone, too. To the Giants, maybe. But no, I don't know, we'll see. be quiet about that. All right, moving on to um, – we got one more sports question, one more non-sports to wrap up the episode our man shootout sports said favorite restaurant question mark. Now this is a tough one because we'll keep it to like mainstream restaurants, right? Because you don't want to get into a name that like nobody knows of, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. So like chain, so like a chain. So like, it, it's weird because yeah. like you could use like a shake, but actually no shake shack's really bad. So I don't even like that, but like what's uh, the chain I'm trying to think of? I'm like, going to go like, like good chain Ruth Chris. Like it's just like good. You get just like a good steak, simple. I'm not a Ruth Chris fan, but I mean, I I guess I don't really like steak that much. But Ruth Chris, that's a salad one, I guess. And then like a fast food kind of like eat whenever. I, I don't really like fast. Like I'm not gonna lie, like, I, I I mean, I guess Chipotle is a pretty. I mean, I don't I, like that's it. a controversial take though because a lot of people don't like Chipotle for. I think actually, I think most people like Chipotle. Though. I think Chipotle I'll say Chick Fil A. Like the Chick Fil A at the mall is good. Like I'm good with that. Like Chick Fil A. I'm uh, okay. That's a, that's a probably a pretty popular answer as well. Simple, but like that's like I, I'm not like I said I'm not a big fast food guy as is. I usually just eat at home. Like, I'll, I'll go Chipotle. Food. I think that that would be my answer. Right. Um, and our last question of the episode is from our man Charlie Ng, who asked thoughts on Pascal Siakam. He hasn't looked like his normal self so far. In the two games he's played in, um, I mean, I know he came back. I saw he's just come back from injury, right? Back. What's that? He's just like he's just he was he's hurt. Only, it's, it's only been two games he's came back. I think he came back versus the Nets. Is what, let me let me check that. But that's a, like the problem is the Raptors have just so much right now. Like it's like like Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Fleet, OG, like Precious. Well, like there's he just looks, he looks solid in the first game back, fifteen points, but. He had a bad second game, but so, okay. He's averaging 11 points this season. He, he that that team is like a shared. It's like a really good defensive team. Share the basketball, push the ball, play with pace. Like he's not going to put up fast, but great their number. Defense has been. I mean, they lead the league in deflections. Like Scotty Barnes, like Gary Gary Trent's been improved defender this year. Talk about that. Averaging three steals a game. He's like in the top like eight in like deflections. He's been phenomenal. I don't um, think OG's great defender too. People said Spicy P was better than Randall. Just so you guys like, people were saying that. I mean, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about Randall right now because Randall's not playing the best either. Better over the last few. No, Randall's been playing a solid. I would say he's averaging like twenty three, like forty. No, he's doing like the same thing as last year. A little, a little under like point total, I guess. But he's doing like the same thing roughly. Forty three percent. I think he's forty two or forty three percent of the field. Yeah, and last year was forty like six. So I, I, he's a little down, I guess overall. But now even itself out throughout the season. I hope. Oh, well, I mean, it's only been 11 games. People like lose sight of that a lot. Yeah, we're only an eighth of the way through the uh, season. Stuff, battle, uh, uh, stuff balances itself out. So, um, yeah, uh, that's going to be it for the Sneaky Sports Podcast, season three, episode number 85 on this Thursday, November 11th. And I realized happy that Veterans not, Day. What's that? I said happy Veterans Day to all the veterans. Happy Veterans Day. And I also just noticed that we're probably not going to have a podcast. Like I, I said, like I made a comment one episode about how we're going to hit a hundred, but we're actually not, we're going to be too shy because we're not recording a podcast on Thanksgiving day. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be at your house. So, no, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. There's no, we're not actually going to Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. We're, we're not even going to be hitting a hundred. So I guess we'll just hit 98 and that will be that. Damn. What, what, did, what for reference did we hit last year? Last you know. year, not, uh, 83, 82, 82. We We're already past in November. All right, good. Good stuff. We're improving. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's going to be it uh, from us. 
make a real quick before we end the episode i do just want to uh let you guys know if you would rate and review the podcast it would be greatly appreciated um on apple or downloading the podcast whatever um if you want if you're watching on youtube for the first time hit that red subscribe button and drop a like on this episode for your boys ben and frank um and you know follow our socials our instagram our tiktok our twitter and that's going to be it from us we will see you guys on Monday, November something for the next episode. Peace out, fellas.